Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 122 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the three best supplements for runners. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 122 hello lady and runners hello ryan how is it going pretty good we are Ryan and Letty. We do a weekly running podcast where we talk about all things marathoning, racing, training, safety, and nutrition like today. Nutrition, supplements, I guess they go together. They do go together and we have a special guest. We have Serena Marie R.D., which she's a registered dietitian. She's been on our show before and given us great advice um, we found her through Instagram. She's a super happy, engaging person. And we talked to her about supplements for runners. So, what are the best supplements? Do you want to get into it? Yep. So, without any further ado, we're now going to play our conversation with Serena Marie R.D., all right, so I'm back on here with Serena, who is a registered dietitian. Serena, thank you so much for joining me again. You're very welcome. I am very delighted to be back. Yay. All right, so for those people who are new, who haven't heard the previous podcast with you answering questions, perhaps you can briefly introduce yourself and tell us who you are, what you do, and how you're an expert in the field of nutrition. Of course. So my name is Serena. I am a registered dietitian specializing in sports nutrition for female athletes. I like to say I help female runners run free from crazy diets so that they can start chasing their big dreams. And um, so I am also a body image coach as well. And the reason for that is because I have found from years of private um, counseling that a lot of women runners struggle with accepting their athletic body, the way it looks when they're well-fed and well-trained. And so um, in addition to nutrition coaching, we talk a lot about how to kind of accept and love your body um, at the healthiest body weight when you are training. That's perfect. All right. So we are in good hands. And with that, we want to roll into our subject today, which is supplements for runners. Um, but before I hop into that, maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, what do we need to know about our bodies, right? Because no body is the same. So hearing somebody talk about the most common supplements for runners is great, but I wanted to ask you, are there also any tests out there? I think the first thing to kind of address when we're thinking about supplements is that supplements are not going to be a magic pill, right? So if you are somebody who is 
you know, not taking enough rest days, not doing enough stretching, um, icing. If you're somebody who is not sleeping enough, if you're somebody who is not eating enough, um, all the supplements in the world are not going to do you good, right? We need a good foundation of enough rest and fuel and recovery in order to, you know, really reap the benefits of supplements. So that's the first, you know, most important thing to kind of address here. It's not going to be like this magical pill or magical solution. Um, you know, and then the other thing to kind of think about is every person is different, right? So some of these supplements we're going to talk about today, um, I want you to get curious about whether you notice how they make you feel. Um, everyone is different. So maybe you're more sensitive and something that should feel good doesn't feel good for you. And if that's the case, that's okay too. Um, I think in terms of like getting um, your blood drawn and kind of getting that insider information, I think that can be super duper helpful. So today we're going to be basically talking about supplements that um, I don't think you necessarily would need a blood test in order to reap the benefit from them. Um, but something, for instance, like vitamin D, you know, if you're deficient, you're, it's going to be hugely helpful to know that and hugely beneficial to supplement that because vitamin D has plays a huge role in, you know, preventing stress fractures and optimizing your bone health and preventing muscle injury. So if you're deficient, you want to know that same with iron, like iron is not the kind of thing we should just be supplementing willy nilly, because if you're deficient, supplementing iron is super helpful. But if you're not deficient and you're supplementing with iron, it can actually be detrimental to your health. So taking those blood tests, knowing those markers is an important thing for sure. But the supplements we're going to be talking about today are more general and really could benefit most people without knowing their blood work. Okay. Awesome. So that's perfect. All right. So let's hop into those. Yeah. So, you know, the first one I kind of want to give a shout out to is creatine. So creatine, I think has had its day in the sun for a long time for the bodybuilding community. And I think research on how it's actually helpful for runners is, I don't know if it's just like newer, or maybe it's just like having its, you know, heyday now, but creatine monohydrate supplements can actually be really beneficial for runners, for endurance athletes as well. And the reason for this is that creatine is kind of like the precursor or creatine helps with the production of energy. So creatine plays a role in ATP. ATP is like um, adenosine triphosphate, which is that energy molecule that we use. And it actually helps with creating um, ATB, regenerating it faster. So therefore, as an endurance athlete, as a runner, if you're training and your energy is being re regenerated faster, you actually have the ability to train more intensely and at a higher load um, and recover quicker in between because your ATP is regenerating faster. So creatine can be super beneficial for that reason. And actually studies have shown that it's really, really even more so beneficial for vegetarian athletes um, because a lot of times their creatine pool is just lower because they um, just are, are eating more less meat and therefore usually less protein. Um, so creatine can be hugely helpful for that reason. Creatine also is a powerful antioxidant. It's going to help with 
um, actually increasing the nitric oxide pathway, which we're actually going to talk about a little bit more when we talk about our next supplement. And it also can enhance glycogen loading, which is basically storing sugar and water in your muscles, which is kind of what we do when we, when we carb load before a race. So creatine has like three very important um, roles that it plays in helping to improve you as an endurance athlete. That's awesome. I'd never heard of it, you know, except for what they have out there for the bodybuilding community. Mm -hmm. So this is great information. And if somebody wants to get creatine, is there a certain dosage that they should be looking for? Yeah. So um, there's kind of two ways to um, titrate creatine. So usually when I'm working with my athletes, I will have them do like an onboarding phase where for five days you will take... Um, five grams doses of creatine four times a day. So basically for five days, you're getting 20 grams of creatine a day. And that basically is just building up this trough in your, in your bloodstream so that you have um, that creatine pool all you know, ready to go essentially. And then after that five day period, then you just go down to a maintenance phase where you take three to five grams daily. Um, however, there has been studies that shown that you don't need that onboarding phase that you can just kind of start taking five grams a day and taking maintenance and eventually slowly over time that trough will build. Um, so I just like to kind of get there faster with my athletes, but really either way, um, eventually is going to get you those, those benefits. So, um, you could either kind of have that onboarding phase and then switch to that five grams a day maintenance, or you can just start with five grams a day and, and stay there. Okay, perfect. What is our next supplement that we should uh, be on the lookout for? Absolutely. So the next supplement, you know, I was kind of, I was, so Letty and I were talking in, on Instagram and I had proposed like, what are the three top supplements? And then when I was sitting here kind of preparing what I was going to say, I was like, dang, this is hard to like figure out what to say. So I chose um, nitric oxide or, or nitrate rich foods as our second supplement. And this is kind of a weird one because it's not necessarily like a pill, but it really is a food-based recommendation. And the reason I chose this is that it is just one of those things that, you know, a hundred percent is going to potentially be beneficial for you. And there's really no risk of harm. And, you know, I kind of forgot to mention this about creatine and I just want to throw this in here. Creatine has been really well studied and has really long-term studies and really has been shown to be safe, which is why I feel really comfortable kind of recommending it in this like, you know, broad blanket blanket way. That said, you should always check with a doctor or a pharmacist before you start taking any kind of supplement. Obviously, I don't know what medication around. I don't know anything about you, the listener. However, for the most part, creatine is very safe. Now, nitric oxide rich foods such as beets or beet juice, beetroot juice or tart cherry juice. These foods also are super safe and they are so good for your heart, your blood pressure, and for you as an athlete. So, you know, really being intentional about drinking beet juice, beetroot juice every day, or having beets every day, or having tart cherry juice every day, you know, you're, you're going to get that potential benefit as an athlete. So essentially 
what these nitrate-rich foods do is um, the nitrates turn to nitric oxide when they get into your body, right? They, they get digested and they get processed into, and it has an effect on our nitric oxide production in, in our body. And what nitric oxide does is nitric oxide is like a blood vessel opener upper. Okay. So it's a vasodilator. It basically makes our blood vessels wider. And what this does for you is it's going to help reduce your blood pressure, which is cool if you're just, even if you're a non-runner and you have high blood pressure, this is awesome. But also what it's going to do for you as an athlete is it's going to increase the delivery of oxygenated blood and nutrients to your muscles. So when you're out there, you know, grinding that hard pace that your coach put on your training plan, you actually can work harder with less perceived effort because your muscles are getting more oxygenated blood delivered to them. So I briefly mentioned before creatine actually also increases um, endogenous and like the arginine pathway, which is also a vasodilator in our blood. And nitric oxide does a similar thing where it's increasing that vasodilation. And so, you know, simply by drinking beet juice daily or tartary juice daily or eating beets on your salad daily, being really intentional about that um, on a consistent basis can be a super beneficial way to potentially improve performance. And then also getting all those other benefits. Like I said, it's also very heart healthy. It's rich in lots of vitamins and antioxidants, prevents oxidative damage, and then also is really good for your blood pressure. That's awesome, Serena. (laughs) So, um, um, with that said, you mentioned cherry juice and beets. Uh, what other examples are there for nitrate rich foods? Yeah. So, you know, um, things like dark green leafy vegetables also have nitric oxide in them, but I really, you know, generally when I'm working with athletes, I, the most important thing here is finding consistency. So for my athletes, I find just drinking something every day is just like a super easy way to either sneak some tart cherry juice in your smoothie, or, you know, I jokingly say, take it like a shot, you know, just like dilute some tart cherry juice with some water and just take it like a shot. I personally am a really big fan of mixing orange juice with my beet juice. Beet juice itself tastes, um, <laughs> I, would, I don't want to say bad, but like, it's not delicious. It's not sweet, but if you mix it with orange juice, it's pretty yummy. Um, so, you know, or, or obviously eating beets on your salad, having kale, or dark green leafy vegetables is a great way to get nitric oxide. But I would say picking one mode and then really being consistent with it, which is why I kind of prefer drinking it, um, is the best way to just make sure that you're really getting it on a daily basis. That's a great tip. And you mentioned that you can take it as a shot. So is that, I'm assuming that's the portion, the dosage that we should be taking? Yeah. So, you know, the dosage is a little tricky because depending on, you know, the concentration of different, you know, juices or so, like it, it, it's variable and the sample size is so small um, for different studies. So generally what I just tell my athletes is if you buy tart cherry juice, it's usually a concentrate. So you'll get this bottle and in that bottle, you have to dilute each portion with water. Otherwise it's super, super bitter. Um, so I would just say having a serving of tart cherry juice each day or, um, you know, eight ounces of beet juice every day, like mixed with some orange juice, um, or like, you know, two medium sized beets, um, or a large, like two, three cups of like kale or some kind of dark green leafy vegetable during the day is a good way to cover your bases and, and most likely getting enough to just kind of keep that nitric oxide pathway, um, active in your body. 
Okay, perfect. So um, I know I'm going to head to the store after this last one that we're going to talk about. So which one is that, the last supplement for runners? Okay, so again, I kind of, I, I wanted to choose something that, we don't necessarily need to like get our blood tested. So I I, I kind of was tripping up here. I thought about talking about vitamin D. I, I We're not going to talk about vitamin D as the third supplement, but I do want to just encourage runners to go get your blood tested, know whether you're deficient because as athletes, you know, we are at higher risk for injury if we're not taking care of ourselves and having, you know, vitamin D levels under 40 has been correlated with increased risk of stress fracture and muscle injury. So just kind of knowing that about yourself is important. And if you're deficient, your doctor should probably give you a game plan, but usually there's some kind of high dose supplementation. Maybe it's going to be like a 50,000 IU prescription, or maybe it's going to be 5,000 IU for a few weeks and then transitioning to a maintenance dose of like 2000 IU a day. Um, but instead what we're going to, I had to talk about vitamin D. So I'm kind of cheating. We're kind of doing four today. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to caffeine as our fourth supplement. So I guess before I talk about caffeine, did you have any questions about vitamin D? I mean, I have a lot of questions about vitamin D, especially since I have young children. And in the beginning, I know it used to make them nauseous. And, you know, is there a difference of you living in a sunny climate? Because I know you can get up from the sun too. And I mean, I guess it all boils down to what you mentioned earlier, getting your blood tested and seeing if you even have a deficiency. Absolutely. And like, you know, I'm not, I don't know what the the dose is for kids. So I, I can't pretend to be an expert in something I'm not. Um, but you know, I would, I would venture to say potentially the dosing is different for a kid versus an adult. Um, but absolutely. I think it's one of those things where, you know, most people, uh, if you live in a sunny climate, if you live closer to the equator, you're getting more vitamin D from the sun, assuming you're going outside, not wearing sunblock, not covered, you know, for, you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes a day, it depends on how fair your skin is, how long you have to be exposed, um, to create that vitamin D in your, in your skin. But for those of us, who, you know, live in the Northeast where we really only get vitamin D a couple of months out of the year. Um, and I know I'm like wearing sunblock when I'm out there, you know, it is a little bit more important for us to just get those levels checked and then supplement if we're deficient. It's pretty hard to get vitamin D from food, unfortunately, you know, food sources of vitamin D are things like cod liver and, you know, canned salmon with the bones. And I don't know about you, but I can't, stomach either of those <laughs> foods. And I'm a dietitian and I love healthy food, but um, not so much anchovies, sardines, their little bones. Those are also great sources of vitamin D. Again, not my thing. Um, there is vitamin D supplemented in our milk. So milk has vitamin D in it. Eggs sometimes have vitamin D in them. Um, but for the most part, vitamin D rich sources of food are hard to come by, which is why those of us who don't live in a, in a, place near the equator really do need to just be aware of whether we need to supplement them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, vitamin D is super important, but let's talk about caffeine. Cause I just think it's a little bit more, it's fun to talk about for the broader, the broader population. So, you know, caffeine is not going to be for everyone. If you are somebody who struggles with GI issues, you know, if you poop your pants easy when you go running, then I probably wouldn't start with caffeine for you. Caffeine can definitely be a GI irritant. Um, but if you're somebody who is not struggling in that department, playing around with caffeine, 
caffeine before a run or during a run is actually a really powerful way to do a few things. So Caffeine actually can help um, with the central nervous system's perception of effort. So again, similar to what we talked about with the the beet juice, if you if your central nervous system um, is feels the sensation of caffeine, it actually can deal with the stress a little bit better, and therefore you can push harder um, with less perceived effort. And then caffeine also plays a role at increasing fatty acid oxidation, so you're better able to use use fat for fuel during your run, which can help just give you some extra energy, right? Which is what we all need when we're in the middle of a marathon. So um, taking caffeine, the dose is generally um, like one point one and a half to three milligrams per pound of body weight. So usually I say a cup of coffee, you know, an hour before a run is a great way to just kind of get a little bit of caffeine into your system, which can help with, you know, increasing that fatty acid oxidation and, and helping to help your nervous system perceive less stress. Um, and then taking caffeine during a run, you know, taking um, a gel or a goo um, or whatever you take that has some caffeine in it also, again, can give you those benefits, just kind of being aware that those that in, um, taking those caffeine during your run, it will take about 45, 60 minutes for that caffeine to hit your system. So I usually tell people like, if you know, you're dying at like three hours at to your at, in your race, then maybe you take your caffeinated gel at two hours so that it's hitting your bloodstream when you get to that part of the race where you're really kind of struggle bussing. That's awesome. That's super interesting, you know, to pre-calculate and knowing when the caffeine will affect you. Um, I definitely get that fatigue right around three hours. So I'm going to try that during my last, my, during my next run, not my last run, hopefully. Um, hmm. But, you know, you mentioned also something funny about the GI issue. Mm -hmm. I have found myself that if I drink coffee before I go running, my run is fine. But I have, if I do a hard run, a hard long run, I have cramping in my stomach mm -hmm. hours and hours after the run, not during the run. And when I don't drink caffeine, that doesn't happen. Interesting. Yeah. You know, people with sensitive stomachs definitely have to be careful with caffeine. So I know personally, and I'm just one person, but I can't drink coffee before a hard run or a race, but I can have a little bit in my gels during my race. So that would be something you could play around with Letty. But, but the other thing that I think about is your hydration status. And obviously I, this is, you know, literally just one little piece of information you gave me here, but I'm just wondering if maybe if we played around with what you're using for hydration or electrolytes during your run, um, if that maybe would also play a role in like solving that issue. But for some people, just like coffee before a run, not going to work for you. And that's fine, right? You can you can try taking it during your run or maybe potentially just this is not a suggestion that will work for you. And that's okay. Yeah, very true. And uh, I mean, I guess now we're all happy that we still have a few long runs left before our marathons where we can play around and experiment with our foods and supplements. Exactly. Yes. I think that's really good advice is remembering anything you hear on this podcast today. We don't want to be like starting it the week of marathon, right? You really want to try and practice all these, these um, suggestions because yeah, like I said, for the most part, I think especially like the creatine and the nitric oxide probably are not going to give you, you know, much hassle. Um, but we don't want to do anything new the week of a race. So just kind of making sure you're adding it into your routine now and practicing it before um, race week is here. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you know, I'm super grateful that you came on and talked to us about the top three dash four. It's, <laughs> it's hard because, you know, caffeine, or, I'm sorry, vitamin D is something that you wanted to also bring in. And we're just grateful for all bits and pieces of information that you give us. Um, I do have one follow up question when it comes to the blood testing. There's a thousand different companies out there. So I wanted to ask you, which one do you recommend? And then would you be somebody we could contact? when asking about the results and interpreting what all that uh, jargon means. Yeah, totally. I think Inside Tracker is a really great company. Um, so definitely would trust them to um, do that for you and then also give you that result and even interpret it for you. But absolutely, if you um, get some blood work back from your doctor or whoever, and you're not sure what to do about it, you can send me a, you can literally send me a DM on Instagram. And if I feel like I can help you, I will let you know. Or if I feel like somebody else could help you better, I will give you the resource to reach out to But you can always chat with me on Instagram. I'm always on there. Serena Marie RD. I'm always happy to chat with you. Perfect. And for our listeners, if they want to contact you, can you tell us uh, what you do for runners? Totally. So um, I work either in a group program. It's called Food Freedom Fit Fan. It's an awesome three-month journey where um, this really focuses on the runner who is having trouble with fueling enough, who knows she's under eating or under fueling, but really is just so stuck in the fear of eating the wrong foods or eating bad foods or gaining weight that um, you know she just continues to underfuel. So this three-month journey will just walk you through learning how to start thinking like a sports dietitian, taking the fear out of food so that you can really start to confidently fuel your body with enough fuel to notice, you know, changes in your performance, improved recovery, and just more peace of mind around food because stressing about food all day is not fun. And then I also take a few one-on-one clients. So my one-on-one clients may be people who um, are really struggling with their relationship with food and just need a little bit more time and attention. Or my one-on-one clients may just be kind of people who are not struggling with their relationship with food, but just kind of need a personalized plan. So maybe it's your first ultra marathon or your first marathon, and you really just want to set of eyes to look at your fueling plan, looking at your day-to-day nutrition and making sure that you're doing it right. You're eating enough. And um, like I said, problem solving GI issues, just all these little nuances that go along with mastering and PRing your next race. Very awesome. Because we all know that fueling for a marathon makes one heck of a difference. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, I almost feel like we all have to like have that nightmare race that we don't know what we're doing and we underfuel and like, you know, as much as I don't wish that on anyone, it's almost like, I feel like a rite of passage. Unfortunately, I know I did that. Um, and I was like, a baby dietitian back then, but like I <laughs> thought I knew what I was doing and like, no, I did not. And I bonked really hard. I had horrible GI distress after all of my long runs. And, you know, it really makes all the difference when you know how to hydrate and fuel correctly and you nail your mid-workout fueling and electrolyte balance. And, you know, it's like night and day to think about my races in my twenties versus my, my races now in my thirties. That's so awesome. Well, thank you, Serena. And uh, you already mentioned your Instagram is Serena RD. So I'm sorry, Serena Marie RD. Almost. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'll definitely link it in the show notes for our listeners. And is there a website or anything else that you want to tell us about? 
Yeah, I have a blog and an email newsletter. You can go to serenamarierd.com and check that out. But um, I, you know, I feel like if you want to talk to me or have any questions, it's always best to just send me a DM on Instagram. I'm on there all of the time. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Serena, so much for coming on again. We appreciate all your insight. So, Ryan, what did you think about those three supplements? I think people should try them out and see how they feel. Yeah. How much time do you think it takes once you start, for example, drinking beet juice? How much time do you think it'll take until we kind of feel a difference if we at all do? Oh, I don't know. Probably... Good to give it a little bit of a, a try for a while. You know, if you just do it one day, it's probably not going to be effective. But if you give it a couple of weeks or something, it's probably more likely. Yeah, same with creatine. She got me really excited about all of them. So I'm going to head to Costco. <laughs> Can you get all of them at Costco? I think so. Costco has a pretty good health selection these days. So, And we will link them in our show notes as well. Anything else? No. That's it for today. Tune in next week for another episode. Until then. Have a happy supplement-filled week of running. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.